And now Eileen Engel will introduce our special guests for this evening. About eight years ago, Michael and I had just retired to Colorado, and an area representative from the Voice of the Martyrs came and spoke to our church, similar to what Kathleen is doing tonight. And we were touched, and we just had a heart for the persecuted church around the world. And so tonight, I'm happy to introduce Kathleen Hess. She's been involved with the Voice of the Martyrs for about 20 years, and she's been an area representative for three. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you. It is a privilege and a pleasure to be here tonight. How many of you know that tonight is the... International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, IDOP Sunday. Yes, and so I'm really blessed to have this opportunity to be here with you because there are people all around the world tonight praying for the persecuted church and having services such as this, so it is a tremendous blessing and opportunity. How many of you were here in February when I spoke um, in the afternoon? Some of you, a few of you. Well, I'm sure that the message will hopefully be as fresh and gripping as it was that day when I was really privileged to come and speak with you then. So I'm not going to take a long time. I was told I had about 20 to 30 minutes, and I can speak and keep going on and on and on. So I'm going to be very cognizant of the time tonight so that you can um, avail yourselves of the resource table that's in the back by the, the foyer. Um, There are books back there um, that are for donation only, for whatever you would care to to give. They will all go to the ministry. There are smaller books like this, which which center on specific nations like North Korea, Iran, Pakistan, etc. These are free, Tortured for Christ. It used to come in a larger version, but they recently made it into a smaller book. Um, There's also DVDs back there, bracelets, wristbands, this Pray for China which are also free for you, and a small um, DVD called Share Their Voice, which has about seven or eight um, testimonials of persecuted Christians worldwide. So again, I want to thank you for this privilege and opportunity. Thank you, Pastor. Someone was telling me, I don't know if it was Eileen or perhaps it was your husband, that this church prays frequently for the persecuted church. Is that right? Well, you are blessed beyond measure, and the Lord is certainly not going to forget your labor of love for the body of Christ worldwide. And um, if you've been watching the news whatsoever since the summer, you're well aware, I am sure, about the persecution of Christians in uh, the Middle East. Um, As of this year, there have been, since uh, the stats that I have currently, since... um, August, over 500,000 martyrs for the Lord in the Middle East. I want you to sit on that for a second. 500,000 have been slaughtered, men, women, and children, throughout the Middle East. Um, That is not including those that are in other countries, which BOM represents uh, throughout the world. So there's roughly about 50 other countries that are involved that we are involved with beside the Middle East. But right now, with the um, advent of ISIS, this has been a real crisis. Um, there was a Congress held in uh, Colorado not too long ago, actually. Focus on the Family was involved with that, and the Jewish um, Federation was involved. And one of the rabbis had said, 
he was very concerned that the voice not being heard for the genocide of believers, of Christians worldwide. Because it's eclipsed every other genocide in history for the last, um, since the year 2000. So that's just a fact to leave you with to think about when we go forth in this presentation today. How many of you are familiar with Voice of the Martyrs? Heard of this organization? Many of you. Um, VOM has been around. I'm going to tell you about them a little bit. Um, on the uh, screen is um, their website, and if you have a computer or you enjoy looking it up, it's persecution.com. We'll get you in there, and there's lots of resources, lots of information for you to avail yourself of, get involved with. My name is Kathleen Hess. My husband, Jim, is a handsome guy in the back helping out. We've been married 32 years. We've been in the ministry together over 30. We've done short-term missions trips um, worldwide for 30 years. And as Eileen was saying, I got involved with VOM over 20 years ago by being an advocate for them, receiving their newsletters, supporting VOM. I became an active rep a couple years ago as a result of some of the travels that um, we've done into Asia, into Africa, and other countries. And at those um, places, I was privileged to meet some pastors who had been um, persecuted for their faith. Some had been in prison, some had had family members die, been killed, some had lost churches. And um, I became very passionate about this ministry. And so the Lord privileged me to go to Oklahoma. Some of you have been there. I was in Bartlesville in 2007 and um, got a chance to meet uh, some of the staff of VOM and promptly signed up to start speaking for them. Um, it, this organization has been around for quite a while. And on the website, I'm not going to talk to you about um, Richard Warmbrandt because it would be a lengthy topic just to speak about this man's remarkable life. But on the website, there is a link that says our founders, and you can find that, and it will give you at least three pages on the ministry of Richard and Sabrina Warmbrandt. VOM is a nonprofit and interdenominational ministry organization dedicated to assisting the persecuted church worldwide. It was founded in 67 by Pastor Richard Warmbrandt, who was in prison for over 14 years in communist Romania for his faith in Christ. Part of that time, by the way, he was in solitary confinement, in which time he wrote several of his books. He was fluent in 17 languages. The man was a brilliant apologist and pastor, and um, he did some of his most remarkable work. Some of his books are available through VOM while in solitary, uh, underground, by the way. It was in a pit below the ground, maybe about nine feet by, by four foot, and that was it. That's where he stayed. Um, his wife, Sabrina, was also in prison for three years. In the 60s, Richard, Sabrina, and their son, Michal, were ransomed out of Romania and came to the United States. Through their travels, the Warmbrands spread the message of the atrocities that Christians had faced in restricted nations while establishing a network of offices dedicated in assisting the persecuted churches. VOM continues in their mission around the world today through the following main five purposes— Number one, to encourage and empower Christians to fulfill the Great Commission in areas of the world where they are persecuted actively for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Two, to provide practical relief and spiritual support to the families of Christian martyrs. Now, some of that actually involves things like um, pastors' wives whose husbands have been martyred are relocated often because they don't have a place to live. They are thrown out of their homes or community. Um, so they start them in small businesses. They'll locate them in another area, etc. Some financial support is often given to them, to the widows. There's widow relief programs. Equipping persecuted Christians to love and win to Christ those who are opposed to the gospel in their part of the world. Number four, undertaking projects of encouragement by helping believers rebuild their lives and Christian witness in countries where they have formerly suffered oppression. And then finally, to promote the fellowship of all believers by informing the world of the faith and courage of persecuted Christians, thereby inspiring believers to a deeper level of commitment to Christ and involvement in the Great Commission. Some of what VOM does is um, VOM Medical, and that is doctors and nurses and, and health staff, medical staff, will go to um, the areas where there's active persecution and often do surgeries for people that have maybe lost limbs or been, you know, somehow um, disfigured, something's gone on. So they'll do, act, they'll do surgeries, they'll do prosthesis for those that have lost uh, a limb, they'll work with children in rehabilitation, physical therapy, et cetera. So that's a, that's a big piece of VOM medical as well. We do... Um, Many, many things, and at the end, I'm going to show you on the website some of the ways you can get involved with VOM and some of the, the various things they do and how you can support that. Um, I just want to say about Wormbrandt because uh, was he actually in this church pastor at one time, or was that something somebody told me? And No? Okay, well, I know that he traveled quite a bit, even up to the end of his life, and he was in Florida at some point. Someone had told me that. Um, Richard Wormbrandt, while he was in prison, was tortured to the point where he was unable to really stand for any length of time. So often when he'd come to, to speak, they'd have him up in a chair because his feet had been so badly damaged over the years. And he had many um, physical scars on his body from being tortured by the communists. But one of the things that, that I really um, enjoyed when I was reading some of his his books and reading some of his material was his attitude. And he had one particular... Uh, saying, he said, we, we, we made a deal, the communists and I, we made a deal. They got to torture me, and then I got to preach to them. So, <laughs> but that truly was his attitude. You know, after a while, he said, well, I finally realized that God was giving me this remarkable opportunity to share the gospel to those that were actually, was being, you know, tortured and imprisoned by. And as a result, many people came to know the Lord through the time that he was in prison. Many of the guards did, many of the communist officers, etc. So um, he wrote some very deep books that I, I really promise you, if you get an opportunity to buy them and look at them, will change your life. I know they've changed mine. And as I continue to, to walk with this ministry, it's, it's more so. And the Lord really does a transformative work in our lives. Um, some of the things that are going on currently, I'm going to show you in a minute uh, a small DVD, a short one, maybe in about two minutes, on uh, Syria, which is right in the current news, as you're well aware. Uh, I want to share with you some statistics and facts. I gave you some right off the top. Y'all are familiar with ISIS and ISIL, as we see it on the news all the time, Islamic State. Um, 
the reason I'm asking you is because I was sharing at a Bible college, and these are young people, so you've got to forgive them, but most of them didn't know because they're not watching the news, so they got a crash course real quickly from me. But in Syria and Iraq, really since last year, May, of, um, I'm going to give you some just stats from Christian Solidarity International, and they work actively um, around the world. Uh, I can leave this in the back if you want to look at it at the back table, but the Islamic State has been an outgrowth of al-Qaeda in Iraq, and they have been actively um, persecuting the church now for over uh, three years. So it goes back to 2012, um, 2011, actually, and um, their genocidal goals were very explicit, and one video released by them in June called on its supporters to break the crosses and destroy the lineage of the grandson of monkeys. That would be the Christians. In May of 2013, after capturing Raqqa, a city in northeastern Syria, home to more than a million people, ISIS inaugurated its rule by publicly executing Christians and Alawite civilians. It then publicly burned the church in Raqqa and desecrated another, etc., on a deliberate campaign of terror, driving most of the Christians out of the province. Syria as a whole had constituted 10% of the population pre-ISIL. In February 2014, it issued the draconian Sharia-based restrictions for the few remaining Christians, including prohibitions of public prayer, a special Christians-only tax to be paid in gold, warning that if they rejected that, they're subject to legitimate targets. Nothing will remain between them and ISIL other than the sword. And they were true to their word because at that point there was a genocide that began throughout Iraq and Syria, um, to where as this population has pretty well been eradicated from most of the country. Um, there are a few that stay and remain. Particularly brutal violence against religious minorities included executions of entire families in different villages, and they're naming them Hamas provinces in May, massacring of civilians in Al-Talaya in northern Syria, and, of course, the Yazidi community. Most of you, how many of you watched in August in horror, like I did, um, the uh, Yazidis and the Christians that were stuck on a mountain. Some of you saw that on the news. It was everywhere on the news this summer. And then we began to send some, um, some uh, of our people over to bomb the uh, ISIS fighters to get them refuge status out of there. Um, they've, they've massacred, as I said, at that point over the summer alone, over 200,000 in that region. Uh, this is an interesting thing that I was telling people last week. In, in June, uh, Jonah's tomb was desecrated, the tomb of the prophet Jonah. You're aware of that. Uh, in Nineveh, and that was a very important strategic thing for them because it represented you know, the prophet of God, number one. And their belief system is if you come and you take over and you do something like this, then Islam is going to reign and be the victor. We all know the difference between their their mistaken belief system and ours, and then where Jonah is. So, but nonetheless, this was a very important thing that happened this summer. Um, so their goal is the Islamization of the Syrian Republic, and uh, as I told you, off, off, over one-fifth of the total Syrian population now uh, has been dislocated. Refugees in Turkey report they're unable to stay in the camps set up by the Turkish government as of today, and other, other rebel groups often are impressing the young men in these camps to fight against the regime. 
So this is just a little information on Syria. Iraq is just about as bad. You know about it. Mosul, I'm sure, has been taken over. Um, there is a... Uh, the homes of the Christians were marked. I'm going to show you this. This is the VOM newsletter. Hopefully everybody got a VOM newsletter. Did you? Didn't you? Everybody got one? If there's a family and both of you have one and somebody didn't get one, please make sure... Everybody gets a copy of this. This is their newsletter. It's free. When you sign up in the back, there's a sign-up sheet. You'll get an opportunity to sign up. It doesn't cost anything. It's packed with information. Um, The November one has a picture I wanted to show you. And it has the letter N on it. There, well, it's actually, it looks like a letter N, but it's Arabic for Nazarene. No, maybe I do not. Is it on the website, Jim? Okay, you want to put it up? Mm-hmm. Okay. In any event, sorry about that. Um, it, it looks like the nun in Hebrew, and it means Nazarene. The first things that they do when they come into the area is to um, paint that on the house, identifying you as a Christian. And then you're given usually 24 hours to either recant your faith, pay the tax, convert to Islam, or die. So this is what our brothers and sisters are now currently dealing with. Uh, I want to be able to show Syria, the DVD, the woman is a surname. It's obviously for, for reasons of safety. But I want to tell you this is a true story. This actually happened, this woman in Syria, with her husband and her children. So um, I was talking to uh, VOM the other day about Lena's fate, and they have not heard back from her and her family. So we really don't know as of today what has happened to her. But can you play that now? We were praying for revival, believing God would do a big work in Syria. Then the war came. Now the terrorists are attacking Christian homes, churches, and even our children. Their goal is to empty Syria of its Christians. We hate the spirit of Islam that is destroying our country. But we love our Muslim neighbors. They come to us and say, In the name of our God, terrorists rape and kill. Where is God? We tell them about Jesus, and many are coming to know him. Still others say, We are like living in hell. One day, while I was praying, I asked God what he would have me do to be his witness. But he only asked me, will you give me your life? As I prayed, I understood he wanted all of me. And I said yes. If the time came, I was willing to die for Jesus. The next day, while I was praying, 
I asked God again what he would have me do. This time he asked me, are you willing to give me your husband's life? It is not easy to be ready to die. My husband and I prayed about this together. We said yes to God. The third day was the most difficult. On this day, God asked me if I was willing to give up my children's lives. The terrorists know who we are and that we share Jesus with Muslims. It is not safe for our family. My husband and I prayed and fasted, and together we agreed. God gave us our precious children. He has the freedom to take them back. When we agreed to put our children on the altar, I knew I had to tell them the truth. I told them that it was possible that men with swords may come through our door, men who didn't know Jesus. They may say bad things to us and try to force us to convert to Islam. But no matter what they say, we should not answer them. We should only tell them that Jesus loves them and that we forgive them. I told them that we might see some blood and have some pain, but it would only be for a little while. <laughs> that we should just close our eyes. And when we open them, we will be with Jesus. Am I a good mother? Do you have to tell my children such things? I also told them that as long as God wants us to be safe, we will be safe, that he is in control. Even during the bloodshed, during the killing, he is carrying our future. This is what it means to be a Christian in Syria. That particular um, DVD got to me in a big way. I'm a mother of four grown daughters, and I have two grandkids. And I was considering Lena's um, prayer. Would I be willing to do what she did and stay there knowing full well that my, my children might be martyred? I think that's a question we all need to really, you know, consider. Consider. 
Um, she's one of many. She represents many worldwide. As I said, we're in over 40 nations currently. Um, the OM is active in Nigeria. You've heard about the Boko Haram, which abducted young girls, Christian girls, right from their school in the early part of May. Um, there was a big to-do about that through the news as well. Uh, many of them are still enslaved. They're in sex slavery. They've been sold to the uh, militia, the Boko Haram, so, or have been married off to these people, um, where they might have many wives. They've been forced into uh, Islam. So this is a current situation that is disturbing because of the increase of what's going on. VOM has been, been busy since the 60s, but right now, as I was trying to say to you, um, there was an icon for I Commit to Pray, and I saw in the foyer as I was coming in your hallway that you already have those little brochures. Please take one and do spend some time praying for our brothers and sisters because the effectual prayer of a fervent man availeth much. And we are seeing God really move on the behalf of some of our brethren. Some of the other things I want to highlight what um, VOM offers and how you can get involved. If you can put on the one that um, says get involved back there. Um, VOM has many opportunities for you to, if you get on and, and look this up yourself, uh, per, to get involved with the ministry. One is simply getting this newsletter every month, signing up to receive that, where it will give you information on a country every year, every month. And it will also give you a prayer map, which you might want to put in your Bible, hang up on your wall somewhere, and be able to actively pray for these countries. Um, I Commit to Pray was a new initiative last year that came out during IDOT Sunday. Action packs is another thing. They have, um, yeah, action. There's going to be a Christmas campaign coming up, and you can get involved with an action pack by either having the church sponsor one, sending the funds for that, or however you feel to do that as an individual. I see you have some boxes over there, shoe boxes, looks like. I'm not sure if that's Samaritan's Purse, but it looks like it to me, which is another wonderful organization. Um, Action Packs will do a, a similar thing for Christmas for some of the kids of these um, family members that have been martyred over in different nations. Um, blankets and a Bible is another one. They've got Be a Voice, uh, Adoptive Frontline Worker, Bibles Unbound. I think uh, some of you have actually gotten involved <laughs> with, set, with smuggling Bibles, is what I've heard through working with VOM. VOM does get Bibles into countries that are restricted. They have workers on the ground that they get them to at the peril of their lives, including places like North Korea, where you being found with a Bible is a death sentence. But they have ways and means to get these Bibles into the hands of the believers. So this is a very worthy ministry. Um, they have the OM Med Medical, Columbia Parachutes. I wanna, that is a really kind of fun ministry. Um, Russell Stendhal has been over in Columbia with his ministry for about 50 years his family has been there a long time. And he, um, he flies over the jungles of Colombia, where the FARC guerrillas are, who have been murderers for many decades, and drops parachutes full of radio transmitters that is tuned into his radio station. So many have gotten saved as a result of that, including commanders of the military, the paramilitary down in Colombia. So he's uh, quite an interesting guy. We work with Russ Stendhal. Um, that's a picture of some of the parachutes flying over there. Also, um, VOM, I mentioned VOM Medical. There, there's a prisoner writing campaign letters to prisoners, um, prisoner alert, prisoner alert. Um, 
These make a huge difference. Don't think for a minute that you're writing a letter, and they'll give you the format. You don't even have to write your own. It's on the website. You just sign it, send it. It has been instrumental in freeing some political prisoners, specifically in China, um, that would never have happened otherwise. Okay? I have one example on the back table of a lady, Asa Bibi. Some of you may have heard of her. She has been in prison in Pakistan for five years. She's currently under a death sentence, and her crime was sharing um, her faith while she was working with some women outside in her village, and they heard her talk about Jesus, and that was it. Um, if she is convicted, she will be the first woman capital crime for this in the country. So we have almost... Um, 300,000 signatures, the, they're asking for a million to be sent to the Pakistani government to free Asa Bibi. But there are many, there, you can actually go on the website and find the ones that have been released as a result of the prisoner letter campaign. So these are things you can get involved with if um, you feel led to do that. And I don't want to take much more time. I think I've had probably over the allotted time for this, but I do want to encourage you, please stop at the table if you haven't already. Um, there is a sign-up sheet, looks like this, in the back, and nobody's going to use any of your information, nobody's going to send it anywhere, it's simply going to go to VOM, they're going to send you a magazine every month, free of charge, and you can take that, take some of the free books that are back there and the free resources, and above all, um, please pray for the persecuted church, because these are our brothers and our sisters in the Lord. We just happen to be blessed to live on this side of the planet. And the reason God has us on this side of the planet and not that side is that we can be a voice for them. We can pray for our brothers and sisters. We can get involved with this ministry, and we can help in whatever capacity God enables us to do. So, yes, ma'am. VOM has, um, they're, they're not a political organization. It's a purely um, religious humanitarian organization. But in cases like the prisoner release, we do have people that are working actively with um, Washington, D.C. to make these people's names in the forefront and get some action on that. So, Pastor, thank you so much. Okay, thank I appreciate you. the opportunity. Yeah, are there other questions that anyone has tonight? I this has been uh, such a powerful presentation of some needs. Does anybody have a question? Anybody else? Okay, well, thank you all very much. Let's give them a hand. Thank you for coming being with us. When I see something like that, I would I always think uh, if they were going house to house murdering people, I'd get my kids and get out of there. Uh, is is what I would do. Um, you know, there's a real difficult thing for Christians to know exactly how to respond to some of these things. We obviously want to pray for them, but there's also a time to stand your ground and to fight. Um, you know, it just it doesn't make sense to me to just see your children slaughtered in front of you. Uh, you know, you need to either leave or fight. Um, of course, we want to pray for those that are having a, a great witness there and for those that uh, have been faithful to the gospel. This is just so beyond our experience and uh, what we're about that uh, it's hard for us really to, to apprehend it all. 
Well, tonight, uh, maybe there's are some in the church here tonight that have been thinking about trusting in Christ as their Lord and Savior so that you would have a testimony uh, for him. Uh, is there anyone here tonight that would like to join our church? Would you just lift your hand if you'd like to do that? Is there anyone in the house that would like to do that tonight? Okay, I don't see any hands. Well, uh, we're going to dismiss, and if you'd go back, they'll be glad, I think, to give you some literature and to help you be attuned to some things that we can pray for and maybe some ways that we could be supportive to the ministry that they have. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for those that have been found faithful around the world to stand for you in the face of uh, horrendous things. We pray that with the courage there would be common sense. We pray that with the courage there would be help from our government. We pray that with the courage there would be an opportunity to not only represent you, but to move to other places where their families could be saved. Father, watch over us and keep us safe. We don't know but what a year from now, five years from now, that these kinds of things will be happening here. We just pray, Lord, that you'd keep us safe and keep us strong. We pray that our political leaders would give attention uh, to these things and that they would help in a demonstrable way uh, that would make a real difference in our world. Father, tonight dismiss us with your blessing. Be with us and, and walk with us that we might be found faithful. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.